Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Local church, all right. Let me let me just start at the beginning. The local church, uh, any church that you see, um, these are some roles that that are very very important. And the local church in the life of a Christian is probably more important than most of you realize, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I, I get it, I know how important it is, but the local church is really 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 important. Local churches grow in in the life and 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 just the, the their vitality as they organize. Their, their structure around God's word. And God speaks through churches that listen. God speaks through churches that follow. And, and, and I want you to hear this today. When a church follows God's word, it reflects his love and holiness. When a church follows God's word, it reflects his love and holiness. Now, let me just say this. When we started City Hope Church a little over uh, 16 months ago and we, we had our first service in here and, and one of our desires, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to follow God's word and, and reflect his love to our community. The reason why we named this church City Hope is because we want everybody in our community, in our city, in our state, in our world to know the hope of Jesus. And that's our heart for you being here today. And one of the primary reasons why today is so, so, so important is because it allows us to better shepherd. It allows us to better support. It allows us to better strengthen you in your life. Our desire is to serve people in this community, and that means you. And so I want to give you something today, and we're going to go through a, a lot of kind of, it, it'll be a little bit more teaching today than preaching, and I encourage you to come back next week as we start a new series. But I want to tell you something today. No matter if you're visiting because one of your family members asked you, this is the first time, whatever the reason is why you're here, I want you to hear this, this one thought today, and it's this, your presence matters. Your presence matters here today. Don't you for one second allow the enemy to trick you to you believing, well, it doesn't matter if I go to church or not. It doesn't matter if I don't show up at City Hope. They're not going to miss me. It doesn't matter. This is the first time I've ever been. Those people don't even know me. I want you to get it with everything you can and understand that your presence matters. Your presence matters today because there are godly people who love Jesus, who love the Lord, that are here today to encourage you, to care for you, to pray for you, to walk with you through whatever your life is throwing at you. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you in life have had a hard time at one time or another? Anybody? All right. Some of you are lying in church. What is going on? <clears throat> Every single one of us. Every single one of us have times in our life where we, we just want somebody to have our back. We want somebody to be able to call and, and pick up the phone. We want an encouraging text. We want somebody to celebrate with us. Hey, listen to what happened. All of us need that. All of us want that. And so your presence matters. One, one thing that, that, that I, I, I often think about when I, when I go to church or, or we talk about this with our girls, you know, like we go to church every week, right? And what if the message, what if one week you wake up and you're just like, ah, it doesn't really matter if I go or not. My presence doesn't really matter. They won't, they won't miss me, right? They won't even know I wasn't there. 
What if, what if that week God's word was spoken and God wanted to speak to you and literally alter your life? What if he wanted to change everything about you in your life, but you were like, yeah, my presence really doesn't matter. We're not going to go today. I want you to just think through that the next time when you're tempted to sleep in. We've had rain four Sundays in a row. And I'm like, come on, Lord, let it rain on Friday or Monday. Why Sunday? But, but the next time you're tempted, the next time the enemy deceives you into believing, well, it doesn't really matter. I want you to believe that your presence matters here. And today, if you say, well, well, if you claim, well, City Hope's my church. City Hope's our church then we want to serve you the best way we can. And that's why we're doing what we're doing today. That's why we're having a few moments here in a few moments. We'll be installing some deacons and elders. But I want to pause here for just a second. When you came in, there was a card there on your seat. Okay, I want everybody to get your card. Everybody grab your card for me. All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. Now, listen to me. I get it. Some of you right now, you're like, oh, gosh, here we go. Here, here, here's the sale. There's no there's no sell. Okay, there's no sell. Here's what I want you to do. If you've been attending and we have your information, sometime you filled it out, you can just turn this card over and use it for sermon notes. Okay, but if you've got to change an address, maybe you had some kids, uh, maybe you got rid of some kids, whatever it is, whatever is something changed in your life. All right. We want you to fill this card out so we can get some information. Now, now let me tell you why we're doing this. Let me tell you why we're doing this. This isn't so that we can uh, uh, call you and, and spam call you and make you buy stuff, right? We want to better be able to shepherd, to serve, to love you the best way we can. Okay? We, we, we send out once a month, we send out a newsletter, so you might get that, all right? And we just sent it out. How many of you got the newsletter? All right, how many, how many of you read it? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. All right. I see that. We got 10, 10, Stephen, 10 people read it. All right. Uh, So let me just say this. If you hate people loving you, if you hate people caring about you, don't fill out the card. okay? because that's what we want to do. We want to love you. We want to care for you. We want to shepherd you no matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is. We want to do the best we can to shepherd you. And so fill that out here in just a few minutes when we when we pass the offering, you can drop it in there. And it just gives us some information so that we can better help you. All right. So I want to take just a few minutes today and I want to give you some biblical explanation of these roles that we're going to look at. Okay. so if you have your Bibles, turn to first Timothy, chapter three, first Timothy, chapter three. Um, Before we jump into that, let me let me just do something. Would you guys just pray with me? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes and just for a moment? I just, um, as we were singing, you know, we, we've got a great day planned and we um, been thinking about this, praying about this for a really long time. We've worked to get here to this day. And, you know, I just, as I, as I look over, I know that there's, uh, there's some folks in this room today that, that what I'm talking about, your presence matters what I'm talking about is serving and shepherding. Some of you right now are in a season of life where you, you need some shepherding. You need some encouragement. I just I sense it. I feel it. And, and I just want to be sensitive to that today. And maybe you came to church to see a loved one, you know, get, get officially put in a role. Or maybe someone just invited you and you're, 
you're just a neighbor and they've been inviting you and you came just to shut them up. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I just want you to know this. You come to City Hope Church and you forget about who we are. You forget who, this, who I am. You've lost nothing. But if God's speaking to your heart and you miss out on that, you've lost everything. And so if you're here today, I just want you to know our heart is to walk with you, to help you, to serve you. Almost everybody that you see on this stage today, almost all these elders and deacons, they're here because somebody pointed them to Jesus. Somebody walked with them through the hard times of life. And they want to return that. And so today, Father, I just pray for these next few moments that you would... uh, Man, just allow us to be shepherded by you. Allow our souls to connect with you in a way that maybe we've never done before. Maybe we've got a lot on our heart and a lot on our mind today. There's struggles, there's, there's strife, there's, there, there's things inside of our family unit that, that are ugly. God, I pray that you would give us rest today, that you would give us peace today. Lord, your word is powerful and I pray that you would use it today and help us to, help us to know, God, that that with you, our presence matters. Our presence matters to you. If we may look at the world and think it doesn't matter to anybody else, but God, help us to know and walk out of here today knowing that your presence matters. We love you, we praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's look real quick. We're gonna talk about elders, 1 Timothy chapter three. Let me just give you kind of an overview. Elders are God's plan for leading his churches. If you go to a church, elders are God's plan for leading his churches. When you look throughout the Bible, God has always provided shepherds for people. You see a group of people, you you, you see a a city, you see a place. God has always provided shepherds for his people. Now, we're going to say elders, but but these words are kind of interchangeably. Elder, overseer, pastor, maybe you've heard the word bishop. When the Bible uses those words, those are kind of all interchangeable words that, that kind of all mean the same thing, elder, overseer, pastor. The person in a church that we typically call pastor is usually someone who is paid. They're paid by the church. They're paid, uh, uh, um, they have a salary. Usually the person you see in a church that's called an elder is more of a lay person, when just, just kind of in our world today. And so the, the New Testament uses a couple of Greek words to, to help us understand what these roles are. And they're most commonly translated as elder in, in, in most um, translations. So let me give you those two Greek words, presbyteros, Presbyteros, this is right here, who is an elder, a senior, who is older, more advanced in years. So this is someone who is experienced, someone who knows uh, uh, they can, they can uh, be mature, they can be wise members of, of a, a ruling or, or a council or a governing body. The second word you see, Greek word, is episkopos. And this literally means overseer. It refers to someone who watches over, someone who inspects, an overseer, a guardian, if you will. Someone who's going, all right, who who needs some help? What, What areas do we need to work on? What areas are we good in? What areas are we bad in? 
And so these are kind of the two most common Greek words that we see. Now, let me give you real quick. We'll go through these fast. Five biblical qualifications of an elder. How do you become an elder? How do you know you're an elder? What does this mean for churches today? Well, this is what God's word says. All right. First Timothy chapter three, verse one says this. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. So the first biblical qualification of an elder, number one, is you desire to be an elder. You desire to be an elder. There's this there's this inner desire. There's this motivation in you that God has placed in you that you want to you want to help shepherd. You want to help oversee. You want to be a part of people's lives. There's a stirring in your soul that is calling you to say that I want you to step up. I want you to go to this higher role. So number one, you have a desire to be an elder. Number two, you personify godly character. Look at verses two and three. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. So the Bible puts a, a huge amount of emphasis on godly character. This, this role desires, this role has to have someone who is, who is a, a, a a character of, of integrity, a character of honesty, a, a character of humility and, and a person of character. You guys know this gains great influence, right? Someone that you see, man, that's a good person. You honor them. You respect them. There's there's something about them. And I just want to say today, these candidates that we're going to uh, introduce here in just a few moments have showed themselves worthy of this high calling in this Office. Number three, the third qualification of a deacon, you can teach the Bible. You can teach the Bible. Paul says uh, uh, someone who is able to teach, an overseer must be able to teach the word of God. So, so essentially teaching the Bible, uh, uh, whether it's preaching or teaching or, or, or doing a class, whether it's big group, whether it's small group, whether it's a class, whatever it is, it is an essential work of a pastor or an elder, right? A teacher is, is a trainer and creates environments where other people can learn, right? Well, well, just think back to your school days. Think back to some of you in school right now, your, your college days. Someone who is training you, someone who is teaching you, uh, giving you wisdom, giving you knowledge, giving you information, trying to help you go out into the world. So a uh, 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 qualification number three is an elder must be able to teach the Bible. Number four, you lead your family well. You lead your family well, look what, look what Paul says in, in verse four. He must manage his own house competently and have his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? In the family of God, an elder's home matters immensely. What happens at home is more important than anything else. Because why? There's, once, once an elder learns how to shepherd his family, right, then he can turn and shepherd the family of God. I, I, I was reading this week and, and I heard this, this pastor tell this story and it's hilarious. This, 
this new pastor came into this little small kind of country church and, and, and he said, you know what, we're, gonna, we're on a mission. We want to reach people and we want to connect with people. So this is what he did after his first Sunday. He brought a jar up and he laid some pieces of paper down and he said, if anybody wants my family to come over and hang out with you, we want to connect. We want to do great things. So come up, write your name, your address, fill the jar up and we'll pick one out a week and we'll come to your family. We'll come to your house. And the first couple of weeks, everything was going well. The jar was full. They, they were like, man, this is working. This is awesome. And then a few weeks go by. And then all of a sudden, uh, the jar started getting emptier and emptier. But the family wasn't going to anybody's house. And the pastor's like, what? What is going on? Well, what happened was the, the, there began some rumblings. There began some rumblings amongst this old country church. And, and come to find out, the church members started saying, you know, um, if I were you, I wouldn't let the pastor come to my house. And, and the, the, one, of the, one of the people were like, well, well, why not? Well, in every house that he's went to, um, stuff has shown up missing. <laughs> and and the, the, the guy in the church was like, what do you mean? He said, yeah, and, and every house they've been to, um, the, the kids that live in the house have been injured, have gotten hurt. And, and so come to find out what has happened is this pastor had no control over his kids. So he would take them. This is a true story. They would take them to these families' houses and have dinner and they would steal stuff and that their kids would get injured. And so nobody else in the church wanted the pastor to come over anymore. Now, hopefully, if you invite me over, that won't happen. But uh, this, is a, this is a big deal. Leading your family well is a big deal to being an elder. This is one of the qualifications. Number five, number five, you're an established believer. You're an established believer. Look at verses six and seven. He must not be a new convert. He might become conceited, incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation among outsiders so that he does not fall into the disgrace and the devil's trap. You are an experienced believer. The, the term elder, we talked about, it implies wisdom. And it, it implies experience. Things that a, a brand new believer that they may lack, they haven't learned yet. They're, they're maybe in that infancy of, of their relationship with Christ. And an elder is one who has this established. So what does an elder do? What does an elder do? Okay. And, and I, I was thinking through this and, and, you know, there's tons of literature out there. And, and really when it, when it comes to an elder's responsibility, it really falls into three categories. And I'm going to go through this really quick. It's to guide, it's to guard, and it's to govern. It's to guide, to guard, and to govern. Those are the three things that pastors, overseers, elders, bishop, what, the leaders of the church, leaders of the local church, guide, guard, and govern. Okay, just a, just a few quick things. Elders' responsibilities that include guiding the church. They lead by example. They, they teach truth. They, they guide the church into the, the, the vision and the direction of where God wants to go. They, they give that, that fatherly um, wisdom, that fatherly advice, that direction that so many of us need. Guarding the church. 
protecting the church from false teachers, uh, dealing with negative influences, guarding the church from the enemy that, that maybe they're internal or external, um, bringing just the, the, the right uh, accountability to people, guarding the church, holding people accountable. And then the last one, governing the church. You're, you're making uh, strategic decisions. You're managing people. You're hiring staff, your, your programs, your resources. These are the, the roles of what an elder does. These are the basic roles. So what about deacons? What about deacons? The, the, the offices that, that we see in the Bible, one is the, the overseer, the deacon, or, or the elder, the pastor. But then the other office that we see in the New Testament is the deacon. The deacon. Now, some of you have been in churches for a long time. Some churches, they'll use their deacon body as their governing body, right? The, the deacons are the ones who make the decisions. And if you want to paint that wall pink, you got to ask the deacons first, right? Some of you have been in that, that type of role. Well, well, I believe that the New Testament, the Bible calls the deacons for just a little bit of a different role. Um, the, the Greek word here is diakonos, okay? And it literally means servant or minister. Servant or minister. Okay? So if you can if you can strip everything else away and all the qualifications, everything that we're going to talk about here in a second, if you could just say what is a deacon? The the easiest word to say is they are the servants. They are the ones who are going to serve. Now the qualifications of a deacon is very similar to those of an elder, but there's a a few different exemptions, okay? And, and here in this same chapter, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, notice Paul's word. He kind of gives these, uh, these three um, negative things, and then he gives these three positive things. Okay, let's look through this uh, beginning in verse 8. Deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, they can serve as deacons. Wives, or, or another translation, women, likewise must be worthy of respect, not slanders, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, can't have multiple spouses, okay? Managing their children and their own households completely, competently. For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves, great boldness in the faith that is in Jesus Christ. All right. So so real quick, let's just break that down. Verse eight, it kind of gives this banner. Right. We've all seen the the, the airplane fly with the banner over top. Right. The, the, the banner over top of deacons is is a deacon must be worthy of respect. If 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 that if there's the banner, a deacon must be worthy of respect. And then I want I want you to see this now. Now, understand what I'm saying today. All right. And every one of these people that you're going to meet here in just a second, they would say this. They're not perfect. Okay, these uh, these elders, these deacons, these roles, it doesn't mean they're perfect. Okay, it doesn't. It it means they're humble. It means they're repentant. It means that they're they're striving to live a godly example. But here's the three kind of negative things that Paul says you can't have. Number one, don't be hypocritical. No, don't be double tongued. Right. There's a striving from deacons to control your tongue. Your actions have to match your words, right? No flattery, no gossip. In other words, if you want to be a deacon, you can't just say what you think everybody in the group you're talking to wants to hear, right? No gossip, no slander, not being double tongue, not hypocritical. Number two, not drinking a lot of wine. Not drinking a lot of wine. Not only are deacons supposed to control their tongue, but they're also supposed to control their appetite. 
right? Nothing should, no, no craving that they indulge, no, no appetite, no substance abuse, none of that. Uh, that would hinder their witness, right? Can you imagine you walk into a bar and there's Pastor Bobby and Pastor Stephen, right? And we're on about our sixth keg. Is it, yeah? No? Ugh. I don't drink, so I, I don't know. But <clears throat> it would get a little weird, right? It would get a little weird. And so, so these roles, these offices of the church, um, not drinking a lot of wine. Number three, not greedy for money. Not greedy for money. Deacons, not only should they control their speech, not only should they control their appetite, but they should also control their wallet. Now think about this. Some of you, some of you, you can, you can go there. The, the love of money has brought down a lot of people. The love of money, uh, uh, greed in money has brought down a lot of people. And I want you to think about this for just a second. If, if a banker or, or, or a politician or, or somebody kind of in a, in, a, in a worldly office, if they go into that, you know, we might read it on the news, we might tell somebody about it, but it really doesn't affect our lives that much, right? But when it happens to a church, it affects a lot of people. When it happens to a church leader, uh, um, you, 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 again, you can probably go there right now in your mind. Think of uh, uh, churches that have split, people that have left churches. Maybe you've left a church because, because uh, uh, the, the doors were, were uh, uh, closed because of money issues. The, the pastor wouldn't admit to money issues, whatever it is. This is a really big deal. Really big deal. And one of the qualifications to be in this office is that money is not this, this place, this love in your life. Deacons must show this area to be a strength. Well, then Paul moves into these four kind of positive areas. He says, holding the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. Holding the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. Okay, so, so again, this is one of the difference between elders and deacons. Elders, one of your requirements to be an elder is to be able to teach the word of God. It's not a requirement for deacons. You don't have to be a teacher of the word of God. You can be, doesn't mean you don't get to. It just means you don't have to be. But you still have to be able to know the word of God. Holding the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. You know uh, why you believe what you believe. You, you understand apologetics. You understand who God is and what he's all about. Your, your worldview is filtered through the Bible. Deacons should know the content of the gospel and the Christian faith. Some of you grew up and you, you remember this verse in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. These offices, the office of a deacon has to know the faith, has to hold the faith, has to live the faith. Number five, number five, this, the next qualification is tested and proven. Tested and proven. There must be a vetting of character. There must be a time of, of observance to, to understand, wait a minute, this person has high character. This person is competent in the word. Um, um, another way of maybe saying this is, is do the people who know them the best respect them the most? The people who know them the best respect them the most. The people who see, you know, a lot of us, we just see the church side of each other, right? We see the Sunday morning for an hour side, right? We all look good. We dress good. Most of us smell good. Like, like we're, we're doing good, right? But what about the people who see the, the ugly side? Do they still respect you? Do they still love you? They're tested and proven. I like to say it like this. They've been through some things. <laughs> They've been through some things, but they stayed faithful to God. James says it very practically, he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. A deacon is one who has been tested and proven. And finally, number six, again, we come back to a faithful family life. A faithful family life. Wives, likewise, worthy of respect, not slander, self-control, faithful in everything. Deacons, husbands of one wife, managing their children in the household. Serving one's family is the ultimate training ground for serving God's church. Serving the family. There's no such thing. Listen to me. There's no such thing as a deacon who is a lousy mom. There's no such thing as a deacon who is a terrible dad, who is an awful husband, who is the worst wife. There's no such thing. There has to be a faithful family life. So what does a deacon do, right? Those are the responsibilities, or excuse me, those are the qualifications. What does a deacon do? Well, scripturally, we see there people uh, uh, who were deacons, they served the elders. They served the overseers of the church. They, they, were, they, they were mobilized and used in creative and practical ways. Deacons are those that are recognized as model servants. As we began this process, one of the, the greatest pieces of advice that we got um, when, when we were accepting nominations, when we were looking for people to step into these roles, some of the, the uh, uh, network of pastors, they said, here's what, here's what you need to do. Go throughout your church and look and see who's serving because those are the people you want to be your deacons and elders who are already doing it without a title, who, who didn't need a title to step in and, and tear down stuff on a, on a Sunday. They just stepped in and did it. And every one of these people are people that we recognized as model servants. The practical side of church, the practical side of shepherding. Let's go back to what we started with. Your presence matters. We want to, why do we want to fill out this card? Because we want to know, uh, how can we pray for you? How can we bring you a meal when, when things are going tough? How can we, uh, 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 you know, serve your children? How can we serve your family? The deacon part of, of City Hope Church are going to address pastoral needs, administrative needs, uh, practical needs, lead specific ministries, long term, short term. These are the practical servants of a church. Deacons are those who love solutions more than they love drama. <clears throat> Deacons are ones who protect the unity of the church. And if I could simplify it in this, deacons are difference makers. Deacons are difference makers. So these are the biblical roles and responsibilities of the elder and deacon's office. So, Right now, at this time, I want to invite all of our deacon and elder candidates to come forward and, and stand up here with me for just a few minutes. You guys, come on up. And I want to, as they're coming, um, I want to take just a second and I want to introduce them to you guys. Um, we'll start on my right and your left. Um, our first two guys down here on the end, those are going to be our first two elders here at City Hope Church. All the way down at the end, this is Eric Salas. Eric has been with us uh, since day one. Eric leads our setup and teardown team, okay? And so when we're done, all you strong men in here, go talk to Eric. Right, Eric? I got, I got you, man. Um, uh, no, uh, again, for those of you that may be joining us for the first time, uh, we have a trailer, and every week we get here, guys get here at 7, 7.15, and they unload that trailer and set everything up, our kids' rooms. And then when church is over, they load it all back up. Rain, shine, 100-degree weather, 30-degree weather, doesn't matter. 
And Eric leads that team and has been very faithful. Um, he brings about three changes of clothes with him every week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Eric is, uh, is uh, just a phenomenal man. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Next, we have Mr. Robbie Taylor. Um, Robbie and his wife Donna have been with us for, for quite a long time. Robbie's uh, been in church. He's actually a really good singer, okay? And so we're trying to, trying to convince him to, to sing. Uh, but no, but Eric and Robbie will serve um, with myself, Pastor Stephen, uh, Pastor Brad, Pastor Brian will be our elders um, as we begin um, City Hope Church, this this governing body and um, our bylaws. For some of you that are that are uh, uh, kind of nerds in that sense of, of you're not nerds, but you, you like that kind of stuff. OK, I didn't mean it like that. Um, you know, our, our goal is to, to have a governing body of nine elders. Five that are not paid from, from City Hope Church and four that are. And we'll get there one day, um, but we're going to build up to that. So these are our first two elders. Um, next, uh, we have Mr. Ken Catagno. And uh, Ken and his uh, lovely bride, um, Catherine, have been amazing, amazing additions to our family. Catherine, his wife, is actually helps with all of our finances, um, which I don't wish that on anybody. Um, <laughs> But, but she, uh, she keeps us straight financially, and Ken is also one who's just jumped in. Next, Miss Carrie Hahn. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could sit here and talk about Carrie all day, um, but the, the biggest thing is, is she has to put up with Tom, her husband. Um, where's he at? Uh, is he in here? Uh, <laughs> uh, Carrie is just one of those people that say, what do you need? I'll do it. And uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal servant's heart. Next, we have Mr. David Maddie. Um, him and his wife, Tracy, they, uh, they help in so many areas. Tracy's the one who helps set up the coffee every week, all the hospitality. Her and uh, Morgan and, and their team, they do a phenomenal job. Um, all those donuts out there this morning, uh, they made them all, all right? And so uh, <laughs> David was up early making those. Uh, next, we have Aaron Mao. Um, Aaron is uh, uh, one of the teachers over at Hilton Head Christian and just has a, a heart and a passion to serve people. And we've been able to see that through, through the way he lives his life every day and, and just a great family. Um, and I've got to know them. Uh, they're actually in my small group. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, just phenomenal people. This is Miss Christy Salas. Christy's got a speech that she wants to uh, No. We're going to skip that part? Yeah, okay. All right. She was really nervous when I told her this morning that she had a speech. But uh, Christy is obviously um, Eric's wife. And um, again, just, uh, just a couple that says, how can we serve? What can we do? Um, Christy's kind of heading up now our guest experience. And so uh, trying to make this place feel like a church instead of a smelly cafeteria. Um, and so that's, that's one of her roles. And then finally down at the end, we got Mr. Mike Thomas, uh, just an incredible, incredible man. Um, if you've met him, I guarantee he knows your name. All right. And this dude does not forget anybody's name. Um, and so uh, him and his wife and their beautiful family, um, just Mike, again, is one of those guys that we've never asked him to do anything really, um, but he's always doing something for the church. And so um, just incredible, incredible people. Um, all these men and women who stand before you here today were nominated by other people. They were, somebody in the church said, hey, talk to them, get them. We, we, we want you to, 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 to go to them. And they were nominated. Um, they were vetted um, by us. They filled out a really long uh, application. Uh, <laughs> it, 
<laughs> um, but they uh, they are vetted and they were confirmed to meet the qualifications. And um, over the last several months, we have been meeting collectively and doing training, um, just getting to know one another, um, having some good times and laughs, having some tears. Um, but we wanted to get to know the people that would be leading uh, City Hope Church. And, and as the, the lead pastor here, I believe God has provided some amazing, amazing people to help serve our church as we go into the future. So can you guys just thank them and give them just a, a quick... Now, uh, we'll, do those, we'll do those in a minute. All right. Uh, I, I'm honored to have each one of you on this journey, and I'm looking forward to, I told them earlier, most of them don't even know what they signed up for. Um, they're just, they're just kind of writing a blank check with, say, here I am, use me. Um, but I believe God has a, a great vision and future for City Hope Church, and um, I'm looking forward to all that he's going to do. And um, one of the things that, that we made sure that, that each one of these folks understand is as you stand up here, uh, you know, not only are you putting your name on, on God, right? You're, you're, you're saying, okay, I'm here to serve you, God, but you're putting your name on City Hope Church. And I want you to know who these people are. Some of you have relationships with them, but these are the folks that, that have a heart, that have a desire that, that would stand up here and proclaim the same thing that I am is that your presence matters, and they want to see you, they want to hug you, they want to encourage you, they want to pray for you, and they want to serve and shepherd you the best they can. And um, guys, real quick, I, I, I want to give you just a, a fast, fast challenge as you step into this role. And this is just a reminder uh, from our training, just a couple things. Number one, smell like sheep. Smell like sheep. You guys, the, the Bible talks more about sheep than any other animal. <laughs> uh, the sheep are listed a lot. And, and you guys know this. Um, Sheep are pretty dumb and they, 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 they do a lot of dumb stuff, literal sheep. And, um, but the Bible talks a lot about how we as sheep need a shepherd. And we go to God and he's our ultimate shepherd, but he uses people in our life to encourage us, to help us, to guide us back on track when we, when we fall off. So let me encourage you guys to, to always smell like sheep. Number two, serve the word. Serve the word. God's word's powerful. And, and even when we don't have the strength to do it, God can. And so serve up the word. Number three, track down strays. Track down strays. Now, for some of you, again, you came in here today and it was tough to find a seat. And it was a little weird. And next Sunday, you're going to get up and you're going to be like, should we go back? Should we not? Those people were a little weird. Like, dude called me a sheep. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, should I go? And, and, and here's our heart again. It, this, has not, this is not about City Hope Church. This is about us being able to serve you. And, and we all have times in our lives where we stray. And we need somebody to say, hey, get back in here. Come on, let me, let me come, on, come on back in. Doesn't matter. Come on back in. So track down strays. Number three, shepherd together. Shepherd together. We all go. We all going in the same direction. We're all better together. We do things. We get further, faster. Number three, model maturity. Model maturity, pretty simple. Uh, we, got, we got people in our church that are looking for leaders, looking for someone to give them an example, a godly example, model maturity. Number three, or the last one, plead for the flock. Plead for the flock. We, as, as followers of Christ, 
We need to pray for one another. We need to go to the Lord on behalf of one another. And I truly believe that if we do this, we will, we will honor God and we will see our mission of inviting everyday people to experience the hope of Jesus in every way we'll see that come to life. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite our, uh, our deacons and elders, if you guys would kind of spread out a little bit. If, if you're a family member, if you're an immediate family member of one of these folks, would you just come forward now and uh, just gather around your family member um, just for, for just a moment here? Good. You got all the room down there? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Family members, I, I want to speak to you just for a second. Um, as your loved one, as your loved one steps into this role, I want you to know that, that you're stepping into this role as well. And the enemy doesn't want your family to succeed. The enemy doesn't want this church to succeed. And, and the deacons and the elders, they need you now more than ever. They need your prayers. They need your encouragement. They need your ear. <laughs> they need you to lift them up when they're struggling. And so I just want to encourage each one of you family members today. Um, work hard. It's, this is going to require hard work. And... and uh, the enemy's going to work hard, so we got to work hard as well. Remain strong. Remain strong. And know that no matter what you walk through, we got your back. This church family has your back as you step into this new role as, as an individual and as a family. And so let me talk to the church just for a second. It's our job to lift these folks up to the Lord. It's our job to love them to serve them as they lead us. And um, not just today, not just today, moving forward. Uh, one, of the, one of the visions, one of the, the, the future outlooks that we have for City Hope Church, obviously we don't want to stay in this cafeteria forever and we're praying and we're saying, God, what's next? You know? Is there a building we don't know about we could buy? Is there land that somebody, you know, wants to give us? What, what, what is it, Lord? What, what is it? Whatever it is. We got vision for the future. We want to get into these communities. And, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. We want to develop a hope center where, where families can come for, for counseling, where young women can come when they're in a, a crisis, where, where our homeless and, and, and impoverished people can come and, and we can find resources and food where we can use some of your gifts and talents as business owners and leaders and entrepreneurs and we can teach people how to, how to live a, a godly life in, in business. There's so many things we want to do out of this Hope Center. And I truly believe this group of folks right here is going to help us get to that step. But we also need you. We need your prayers. We need your love. We need your support. And don't forget this and don't ever miss this. We need your presence. Your presence matters. So this morning we're going to 
uh, recognize these folks. We're going to have a prayer time around each of these individuals. So here's what I want to do. Some of you are maybe in a small group with them. Some of you are just best friends and you're here to support. But right now, and I know it might be, get crowded, but that's okay. We're family, right? Um, if you know someone up here, you're connected in any way. I want to just invite you to come on up, circle around them, and uh, just get around them. Show them support. Show them love. We're going to lay hands on them and commission them here in just a second. So you guys come on up right now. bow our heads, those of you still seating out here, um, would you just for a moment just pray blessings on these families. And right now in each each family, everybody around each individual, would you just just begin to pray and pray out loud. Pray out loud that God would bless these families as we commission them into this new journey. And I'll close this out here in just a second. Father God, we come before you today and we ask for your hand. God, may you give all the wisdom, the energy, the imagination, the drive. Lord, give it all that we may make things happen here at City Hope Church. Lord, I pray that our new elders and deacons would be men and women of prayer, of peace, of faith, of vision of wisdom of boldness of strength and courage and gentleness God make them make them transparent in your love and in your in your grace and your hope God we give you thanks today for how you've blessed this church and how you continue to build and shape your church and God we thank you today for giving us the joy of appointing new elders and deacons to serve here at City Hope But I pray that you would bless them, that they would always know the the true humility and faithfulness that you have, that we would be examples of that. Remind them of the example that Jesus left as 
one who came to serve and not to be served, one who sought out the needs of others and not seeking for himself, Lord, one who ministered to people without prejudice, with, with, with courage, with determination. God, Jesus loved people unconditionally. Lord, help us to live that way every day. We ask, Lord God, that you would pour generously into their lives the Holy Spirit. Fill them up with your love and compassion so that it may overflow on every single brother and sister that they come in contact with. Lord, help them to be equipped to carry out these duties that they've been appointed to fulfill. Lord, as we commission them, as we appoint them to these offices, I pray blessings on their families. I pray for protection on their families. And in the mighty name of Jesus, would you watch over them, bring power. Lord, I pray that this, this moment in the history of our church would, would take our, our shepherding to another level, it would take our care to another level, that people sitting down right now would feel how different City Hope Church is because we love you, we care about you and the things that you care about. Lord, I pray that every guest, every visitor for years to come would know that this church is all about loving you and loving people. Use us in a mighty way. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. One more time. Can we just thank them and encourage them? Thank you, guys. As they make their way back to their seats, you guys can go ahead. Here in just a few minutes, they'll be standing out back. Um, it's not raining, is it, Erica? You good out there? Okay. Um, our deacons and elders will be standing out outside. And I would just encourage you to stop by and introduce yourself. Say hello. Here in just a second, Pastor Brian's going to come. Just give us a couple of uh, quick announcements. But again, let me just say this. Thank you for being here today. I I know today's not like a normal church service, but I, I hope you see our heart. Hope you know why we're doing this, why we thought this was such an important day. Um, let me encourage you to come back next week. We're starting a brand new sermon series called Anti-Hero. And uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into the lives of three characters in the Bible. Um, and uh, I, I, think, I think God's, God's got this planned at just the right time for, for many of us. To, uh, to see some of our own uh, selves uh, in God's word and, and what he says. So let me encourage you to come back again. If this is one of your first times, um, you can text that number. Um, you can stop by and, and talk to someone. We have a free gift for you. We would just love to, uh, to connect with you in that way. Um, I've heard that there's more donuts out there. So stop by and get one of those on your way out. But uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. And... Uh, no matter if you go through this life and you feel like lonely, you feel struggling, I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, your presence matters here. It matters to no one else. It matters to me that you would take time out of your day, take time out of your life to be here with us. And so uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Pastor Brian, come and give us some quick announcements. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. 
God bless you and have a wonderful day.